The Church Fellowship of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut welcomes you to this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub. Today, we will begin the next sermon in the Heavenly Authority series. So let's join Bible teacher and author of the award-winning book, The Nature and Power of Prayer, Pastor Greg Scalzo. Today we start the section in the New Testament portion of the Heavenly Authority series on the office, on the ministry of the prophet in the New Testament church. And if you remember the outline that we're using in the study, this section of the study is from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, starting at verse 27. Uh, we've read it several times. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, and we studied them, right? Second, second prophets. So the position of the prophet is extremely important, Paul tells us, in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Second prophets. In Ephesians chapter 4, uh, in verse 11, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Some prophets. And again, it's listed right after the, um, the office of the apostles. So extremely important. And again, for the edifying, the building up of the body of Christ. We studied prophets in the Old Testament when we did the background study on heavenly authority and we saw men and women who spoke under the direct impulse of the Holy Spirit, proclaiming the message, the Word of God, to His people. And remember also, we took some time in the Old Testament study to discuss the distinction between being simply a prophet of God and being a man of God, a man or a woman of God. And we saw that sometimes a person can have the gift of prophecy, yet themselves have spiritual problems, such as Balaam, such as Miriam, such as Aaron, such as that old prophet. Remember we studied in 1 Kings chapter 13 that led the man of God astray. And from that whole background, we saw the importance of not only the person being a prophet of God, but being a man or a woman of God, taking and applying the very word, the message, from their mouth first to themselves so that they truly might exhort the people to a life of purity and righteousness and truth and obedience to God. The prophet, in speaking God's word, often would warn, would caution, would exhort, would correct, would instruct and comfort, would pronounce God's judgments, his rewards, his punishments. He or she would reveal, would bring forth revelation for the people to have their eyes open to see for a moment from God's perspective. God gave, the Holy Spirit moved, the impulse was there, and so they could see for a moment from God's perspective. They could see things they 
they otherwise could not see. They would know things they otherwise would not know. And in so doing, sometimes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, they would proclaim future events. Sometimes we think about prophecy and we think it just involves future events, and that's not so. Prophecy was bringing forth the message of God. Sometimes it would be a reminder of what happened in the past to apply it to the current situation. And that was all part of the cautioning, uh, the warning, the exhortation. But obviously there was an aspect of it that would see to the future, would proclaim what God would do, that um, would tell what would happen, what would come about. And there was many times a short term, a near future aspect to the prophecy and a long-term aspect, seen down the road many hundreds, even a few thousand years forward. And sometimes a prophecy would have both. One prophecy would have a short-term interpretation and a long-term interpretation. The glorious messages of God that came through the prophet were far greater than the individual prophet's life or his aptitude or his capacity or any ability he might have to comprehend. Um, it could not and it did not originate with him. It doesn't come from the mind of the prophet or the prophet's analysis. Sometimes he would not even be able to fully grasp the very words that came out of his mouth that came from God. Look how Peter explains it in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 10. And as you read this, you think about the great Old Testament prophets, Isaiah and Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, and all the rest. In 1 Peter chapter 1, 1 and verse 10, of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched carefully who prophesied of the grace that would come to you. They were the recipients in the New Testament, receiving the fullness now in Jesus Christ. They had the fulfillment of all the promises that the Old Testament prophets spoke about, who prophesied of the grace that would come to you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. To them it was revealed that, not to themselves, but to us, they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things which angels desire to look into. They inquired, they inquired, they searched carefully. Some of your translations will say they searched intently. And you see here the individual prophet's spirit searching, listening intently for the truth that could only come from the Spirit of God. And they're attuned to the truth. This is a gift that God gives them, that they can know when the Spirit is speaking to them. They search, they listen carefully intently. They know the voice of God. They know the voice of truth. And notice uh, what the Spirit is called in verse 11. He's called the Spirit of Christ, right? 
who was in them. It all points to Jesus. One of the main things about prophecy is it points to Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. They were receiving revelation sometimes many hundreds of years before. You think of David. As he would sing, he would prophesy. And you have a thousand years before the birth of Jesus, a description of the crucifixion, of the ministry of Jesus. Isaiah, 700 years before the birth of Jesus. And you have the description of the, the virgin birth, the incarnation, again, the suffering servant. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit in them is the Spirit of Christ, and he testifies to Jesus, and he shows what would happen in the future at the time of grace that Peter and James and John are privileged to live in, that we're privileged to live in, that we have full salvation in Jesus Christ. And prophecy since that point also points back to Jesus, also speaks about our relationship in him. And what will happen, his return, his coming back, and what place the church plays, the body of Christ plays in ministering the gospel to the nations. Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is the Spirit of Christ, will testify to Jesus. It was foretold by the Holy Spirit to the prophets. It is preached, right, those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit, Peter has gone out. We studied the apostles. Paul, they've gone out under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's all confirmed by the one Holy Spirit. He pronounced it, and now he has them go out and preach it, and the fulfillment is right there in Jesus Christ. And you notice the greatness of this message of salvation that all points to Jesus. It's such a great message proclaimed by the prophets, confirmed by those who have now preached the gospel, he says to you, things which angels desire to look into. These are heavenly things, the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things that human beings really could never understand apart from the revelation of God, such things that even the angels desire to see and understand and know. Great revelation. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 10, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus our Lord. We, the church, make it known. We proclaim as the Spirit of God comes upon us, as we read the scriptures, the Holy Spirit anointed, as we know the prophecies, the Holy Spirit inspired. We proclaim the mysteries of heaven that even the principalities and powers in the heavenlies desire to know. And so blessed are our eyes for what we see and our ears for what we hear. This is a great, great message of salvation. And the eyes and the ears of the prophets of old were finely and precisely attuned to the Spirit of God and to this glorious message of salvation, the message of Christ. Look at Second Peter, the second letter of Peter. 
And again, chapter 1, now down at verse 19. Up above, he speaks about how he was one of the eyewitnesses when Jesus is transfigured on the mountain before him. He was an eyewitness of the glory. He can tell them as one having seen it. And now he speaks about how this confirms the prophetic word of the prophets. He says in verse 19, And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, or the more sure prophetic word, or the word of the prophets made more certain, because they told about it, and it was all shown by them, but we've actually seen him. They didn't touch him. We've touched him. We've lived with him. We've seen him now change on that mountain into the image, God the Son, transfigured in front of us. So we have the words of the prophets confirmed, made more sure. If you are in the Madison, Connecticut area, we welcome you to join us for our 10 a.m. Sunday service at the Madison Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane. You can find directions and information on our redesigned website at shiarjashub.org. You can write to us at Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle, P.O. Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. Or you can drop us an email. Our address is mailbox at shiar-jashub.org. Please join Pastor Greg Scalzo, author of the award-winning book, The Nature and Power of Prayer, next time on Shi'ar Jashub.